Babylon. It began as an ancient city built by a rebel. It later emerged as a proud, idolatrous, God-opposing empire. The origins and history of Babylon are so entwined with defiance toward God that it finally came to symbolize everything that resists the rule of God in the world. Its king is Satan himself. Its goal is life without God. This is Nate Dancer with Purity for Life, and this is the final episode in our series, Babylon, the Seat of Satan's Power. In today's show, there will be no history lessons, no discussions, and no explanations. Just an exhortation to respond to the timeless word of God. His voice is still echoing in the prophet Jeremiah's ancient words, flee from the midst of Babylon. Thanks for listening. Stay with us. If you've really leaned into this series and listened to every episode and all the bonus discussions, that's over 16 hours of teachings, interviews, and testimonies. And it's all been geared toward helping you understand how the spirit of the world seeks to draw our hearts and minds away from God and into a worldly, carnal, rebellious life. We've got just a little more time together. Today is all about the call, the call to flee Babylon. The world of biblical times, actually for most of the past 2,000 years as well, was far different than the complex world we live in today. Yet the basic spiritual components have changed very little. There's a spiritual atmosphere that extends its influence through every culture on earth, from the most primitive tribal societies to the European intelligentsia mapping out its agenda for mankind's future. It also reaches across decades and centuries. Its primary message is that humans should have the freedom to pursue whatever desires one might have. People should be able to go after ever greater forms of pleasure. They should be able to do this without any interference from God. This is the spirit of Babylon, the spirit that advocates and insists upon life without God. Christians must live out their lives in this polluting atmosphere. We must make a living, pay the bills, raise our children, and attempt to find happiness within a realm that is controlled by demonic forces. It seems impossible for God's people to live in such an environment without being tainted by it. Believers in the first century faced the same pressures we face today, an unrelenting pressure to conform to the groupthink of society. Yet the Lord said to his people of that day what he would say to us today, do not be bound together with unbelievers. 
For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what is a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. The first reaction many have when they hear conditional promises such as this is to immediately think in terms of what they might have to give up. But I would suggest it's high time we begin to view passages like this one through God's eyes. He isn't thinking of robbing his people of their joy during their stay on earth. He's thinking about protecting them from an insidious spiritual disease that is relentlessly attempting to infect people. To be one with God rather than being united to the spirit of the world is an either-or proposition Scripture makes repeatedly. Human beings are born into a world system that claims them as its own. We are de facto members of a fallen race of beings that march through life in lockstep with demonic powers. It's only by experiencing a very real breaking away from that spirit that we're able to walk with God. The world is passing away, the Apostle John tells us. It's a great ship that is sinking even now. In Revelation 18, John witnessed the collapse of this world system. He heard a mighty angel cry out, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. And then the Lord said, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. So there it is. This is God's call to you and me. And it is for you and me to decide whether or not we will heed that call. We must do away with the notion that because we regularly attend church and identify ourselves as born-again evangelicals, that that somehow means we are members of God's family. It could not be more clear. To be a citizen of God's kingdom requires us to break away from Babylon. The day is drawing ever nearer when professing Christians will be forced to either completely abandon this world system or plunge into the depths of the spiritual darkness it represents. My fear is that by that time it will be too late for many. They've given their hearts to Babylon and no longer have the spiritual wherewithal or desire to detach. What partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? None. What fellowship has light with darkness? None. What harmony has Christ with Belial? None. What is a believer in common with an unbeliever? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. We've been intoxicated with Babylon for long enough. Isn't it time for us to detox from its intoxicating enticements? Isn't it time we swear allegiance to God and His kingdom once and for all?
I wonder if some of you who are listening are feeling very strongly the call of God to flee. To flee a life of sin and carnality, self-centeredness, and pride. But maybe you also feel opposing forces. Powerful feelings of doubt, paralyzing fears, strong lusts, or maybe just complacency. You really have no desire to obey him. Now, you are certainly not the first one who has had to face these things. Think about what it would have been like for an ancient Israelite to contemplate leaving Babylon. They'd been there for years. To leave would be to forsake a culture that had become familiar and to abandon the comforts of home and then to journey through a hostile wilderness into an unknown future. Many of them did go. Others ignored the call and stayed in Babylon, choosing to reject the Lord in favor of what seemed safe. Now, I think that this provides us with a helpful illustration of the spiritual journey we must all take. But for us, there's a key difference. For us, fleeing from Babylon is not really about changing locations but about disentangling ourselves from the values, the mindsets, the pursuits of the world. And because of that, the journey will look a little different for each of us. We must allow the Spirit of God to identify our Babylons, the places in our lives that are entwined with the Spirit of the world, and we must be willing to hear Him say, flee, and then we must obey. For the rest of the show, we're going to play some real-life testimonies of men who are willing to go through that process and who came out on the other side to tell of the goodness of the Lord. The journey begins by identifying where we are connected to the spirit of Babylon. I had a serious double life. On one hand, I was fully given over to sexual sin and fornication. On the other hand, I was active in the church, even to the point of being a missionary. I was obsessed with having an outward appearance of a good Christian because of this hidden sin. And because of that, my pride and my arrogance went totally unchecked. I didn't have respect for hardly anyone and the few people that I did have respect for, I wouldn't even let them speak into my life. Bottom line is, I used the church system to build up myself, my image, and my reputation, and it was all about me. Well, when I look back, one of the biggest ways I was tied into the spirit of the world was how I spent my time. I was always basically looking to fill my life up with fun, exciting, and pleasurable experiences, and so I had a lot of hobbies. I played golf, tennis, baseball, basketball, played guitar, you know, a lot of hobbies. For example, if you take golf, I probably spent 30 hours a week just on that one hobby alone, between playing golf, practicing at the range, watching it, studying it. It was a real obsession for me. And none of those things are sinful in themselves, but it turned into me being really selfish with my time. My schedule was so full 
that I rarely had any time for anyone else. I just wasn't available. So like if I had something planned, like a tea time, and someone needed my help, I just nicely turned them down. And the crazy thing is, I always thought of myself as a really good guy. But looking back, I can see just how selfish I really was. Yeah, so in my life, I remember wanting to be liked um, and wanting to be approved by everyone. And, you know, that led to me going to different social medias and trying to find the latest fashions, trying to keep up with the trends of the times, um, wanting to be that pioneer to be the image, be the idol that everyone wanted. I was a worship leader and so I would copy how people dressed, how different artists sang. I thought if I sang like that and dressed like that, that people would eventually like me. After so much time of doing that over and over, um, it led to me being really empty on the inside. I did get a little bit um, of what my intended goal was, but really it was so small in comparison to what I thought it would be like. So the main way I was tied into the spirit of Babylon uh, was to entertainment. My life was consumed with it, whether it be video games, social media, Netflix, sports, hobbies, or whatever, my life was filled with worldly things. I loved the pleasure and comfort that entertainment brought me, but I started to notice, I started becoming more agitated. I would stay up late or take long breaks at work just to indulge my flesh. Uh, I was bound. There were a lot of times where I'd be watching a show or playing a game and I would feel convicted because the content was starting to push the limits of what I thought was right. But because I was addicted, I would just ignore that feeling, ignore the conviction, and just keep watching. I was so immersed in the spirit of the world, my thinking started to change and my values started to change to what the world valued. And this played a great factor in my bondage to sexual sin. Before I came to the Lord, I was really driven by my desire to be loved. For me, that desire was focused specifically toward men, and this was difficult because I grew up in a very conservative home, so I felt like I couldn't be open about it. At some point, I decided I just didn't care, and I dove into the homosexual lifestyle. At first, it was pretty fulfilling, but then my emotions really started going up and down, there were times of excitement where I really thought it was satisfying, but then later there would be serious depression that would come in. I was totally controlled by what other people thought of me. If I felt loved, I'd be up emotionally, but if I thought people didn't like me, I'd be depressed. Eventually, depression was the norm, though, and the only pleasure would come from the sexual encounters. I started to get really desperate because I knew that love and peace was out there, but I just wasn't experiencing it. I wonder, could you relate to any of those? Could you relate to Gabe, who is obsessed with maintaining his image? Could you relate to Skip, who was always making sure he was up with the latest fashions so that he would be the center of attention? Maybe you can't, but what about Trey, who was addicted to entertainment 
or Reagan, who desperately wanted to feel loved, or Vinny, who filled up his life with hobbies and never had time for anyone but himself. The journey will never begin until we identify exactly what our Babylons are. But once we've done that, we can begin to leave them behind. When the Lord really started breaking into my life, I remember feeling very convicted about the fact that I was living with my parents and never helped out around the house. I had plenty of time in the morning because I didn't work until the afternoons, and I felt a real pressing conviction from the Lord that I needed to start helping my parents. And at the same time, I was getting into the Word more on a regular basis, and I was convicted while looking at the life of Jesus in the Gospels and seeing how people were constantly coming to Him with their needs because He was available. He wasn't busy doing what He wanted to do, and so I realized I had to follow Him in that. So I started being more flexible with my plans. Like, if I wanted to play golf, there was a hesitation all of a sudden. I'd ask myself, do I need to be doing this? What other things could I be doing? And oftentimes, in that hesitation, needs would come up, and so I would be available to help. When my sin was exposed, my activities, my identity, my reputation in the church, it came crashing down, and the Lord began to discipline me. As He began to discipline me, He showed me the process of repentance, and that process taught me a lot. It taught me how to give thanks and to praise the Lord when others were doing well or succeeding. It taught me how to humble myself. It taught me how to have a teachable spirit. You know, other people have thoughts and they wanted to speak into my life and I began to allow them to do that. It also taught me how to put the needs of others before my own. It taught me how to humble myself and to consider others as more important than myself. Yeah, I remember when the Holy Spirit began to deal with me on this area of always trying to buy new things, always trying to keep up with the latest trends. And he showed me that it was a very selfish lifestyle, um, that I was always trying to be at the center, always trying to be noticed um, and at the front. And, you know, one practical way of repenting of that lifestyle was, first of all, not buying, you know, new things. But if I wanted to go out, you know, not wearing flashy clothes, but wearing dull Walmart or basic clothes. And, you know, it was really painful for me. It was an excruciating time because the Lord showed me that I had trained my mind to think that people were watching me and people were looking at me. And in that, it was like the Lord showed me that I was in bondage to this type of thinking. What really brought about repentance for me was I started to see that something was wrong with my value system. I was valuing temporal things, uh, meaning people's bodies, outward success, and even my own physical appearance. And the Lord showed me why my value system was wrong. It was because I was immersing myself in worldly entertainment. And through that, my mind was actually going through a process of being renewed, but it wasn't by the Word of God. It was by the Spirit of the world. Repentance means that I want Him to shape my life to be what He wants it to be. And that means that there has to be some severing of entertainment and worldliness. So I have to allow the Lord to check me on how much time I'm spending on entertainment and what kinds of entertainment. 
And when I start to feel really drawn to something, I know I need to seek the Lord to show me what's going on in my heart. Repentance also means I need to fill my life with more time seeking the Lord and learning to enjoy that more than world entertainment. Repentance was definitely a process. I don't know that I ever said the words, I repent of homosexuality, but what did happen was I began to turn away from it and I started to turn to the Lord. I started reading the Bible and praying every day. I developed an intense hunger to study the word that I had never had before. I actually wanted to be with him rather than run to sin. When I prayed, I felt his presence very near to me. It's also been a process to stop looking for fulfillment in relationships. That's been very hard, but the Lord has been helping me. At times, he has really stepped in so that I can't seek fulfillment in other people. One thing which has really helped is realizing that no one is perfect. That has really helped me in seeking the Lord because He is perfect, so I know only He can really fulfill me. There have been some really intense spiritual battles. I used to look to people to help me, but now I'm seeing that in certain situations, only He is able to deliver me. That drives me to Him for help. Anyone who's walked with the Lord for any length of time will tell you that when the Lord requires something from you, He always has something better to give you. Now, that might not be a material thing. In fact, it usually isn't. But the spiritual blessing you receive when you leave the world behind is far better than anything you could have in it. One of the blessings has been the freedom to be able to serve others, to be able to really get into the needs of others because I don't have anything to hide anymore. I don't mind risking everything for the sake of love. But the best part has been getting to know Jesus. The barrier that used to separate us is gone. Whether I'm worshiping, reading the word, or praying, Jesus is real to me. When I decided to start denying myself in that way, the result was that the Lord showed me that He satisfies me. Over time, in those times of prayer, He became really intimate with me. And that intimacy not only had the effect of me being more discerning, but I sensed his presence in a way that I had not ever before. Instead of trying to search for approval in people and things, I found that in him. You know, the Bible says that he opens up his hand and satisfies every living thing, and that became real to me. Because I had less self, less me, less my own thoughts, my own understanding, he became those things that I had always been searching for. Honestly, it feels like the Lord's given me a whole new life. I'm way more free inside. I don't feel like I have to have social media or Netflix or play games all the time. The desires for the world just kind of start to decrease as I see, the th I see these things as God sees them. I'm free to use my time to serve other people and meet their needs. I used to actually hate doing that uh, for other people because it just it took away from my ability to entertain myself. 
but now I really value giving my time away for others. I'm also free to worship the Lord with my whole heart and in truth, because there isn't like this competition for my affections um, between the things of the world and the Lord. And I'm actually able to draw near to the Lord in a way that I never experienced before. One spiritual benefit is I have learned it's better to live by faith than by feelings. When I obey Him out of love, even if my feelings are all over the place, He rewards that obedience with His peace and joy. Seeing that has really helped me in times of temptation because now I see the end of temptation more clearly. Faith helps me see that Jesus is better than the pleasure of sin. I have confidence in the Lord now because I see He is able and willing to keep me. Repentance also had a huge effect on my relationships. I used to see relationships as a way to get something for myself, but now they are full because they're centered on Jesus. He uses people to correct me, encourage me when I'm struggling, and call me to a deeper walk of holiness. Honestly, I would have avoided most of that before. Basically, my relationships used to bring misery and now they are becoming a way I can experience Jesus and have more of Him. One thing that's so different now is that I'm free. Like, if I plan a weekend to golf, I can get excited about it. But if something comes up or it doesn't seem like the best use of my time or even if someone cancels, I don't get all bent out of shape about it. I can take it or leave it. And another thing I started noticing is that when I served other people, there was a lasting sense of fulfillment and joy which was so different than I had experienced. Like with golf, I'd get so excited before a round of golf, but as soon as it was over, the fulfillment was over. It was like, did I even do anything? Nothing lasting came out of it. But with serving others, there was a lasting joy and peace in my life. And what I've been seeing lately is that serving others goes even beyond personal fulfillment. There's a real purpose because it has eternal value for God's kingdom. And it has just been amazing to me that just like the widow who gave her two coins, God looks at the little things that I do for him. He notices and he's pleased by them. And that has just been a source of joy in my life that I couldn't find anywhere else. And honestly, where else can you get joy like that? One thing we often tell the men in our residential program is that if they're really going to follow the Lord, they have to realize that his call is twofold. His call is to come out, out of Babylon, out of the spirit of the age, out of a mindset that is temporary, worldly, carnal, out of a life that's given to lustful desires and passions. But the call is also to go in to go into the Spirit of God, to go into an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that will never fade away, a kingdom that is full of truth and peace and life. Oftentimes when we think of leaving Babylon, we think of all that we'll have to give up. But as Pastor Steve mentioned at the very beginning, isn't it time to stop thinking about everything that we'll have to leave and start thinking about the one who is calling us isn't it time to really start believing that he is worth it? Isn't it time to get moving?
That's it for this episode and for this series. We'll be back next week as we continue to take you where real life meets real Christianity as we tackle the tough issues for those struggling with sexual sin. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.